This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. Excited for all that he has done. Those wonderful testimonies. Those are the ones we had. Last week I had wonderful testimonies, deliverances, and, 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 and help from the Lord. Mighty God, we thank you. Amen. Amen. Receive our thanks, O God. You have exceeded our expectations. And we return all the worship and praise to you. We just trust that what you are doing, you will keep doing. You always grant us your presence here. Not because of anything that we are. Not because of anything that we have done. It's just because of your mercy. Lord, don't withdraw your presence here. Meet needs, oh God. Touch our hearts. Turn us unto yourself. And us in the furtherance of what you have been doing, we pray in this next few minutes, speak to our hearts. May nobody live here the same. Let our joys be full. The great peace you have promised us, Lord, let there be reality in every life, in every body, in every finance, in every spirit, in the name of the Lord Jesus. To you be honor and praise. In Jesus' marvelous name we have prayed. God bless you. May be seated. Amen. So where I was away last week, it's nice to be back home. It's just a short trip outside of town. Um, the testimonies last week and today, they were awesome, as, as always. And we just pray the hand of the Lord will continually be in our midst in Jesus' name. All right, I just read to you from Luke chapter 21 because for a time I was going to share a fresh revelation I had about the discussion we had this morning during the early volunteer workers meeting. And that was awesome. I was, God gave me a fresh revelation about those three, four levels of, of, um, of blessing. But maybe another time we share that, uh, just because for our time. Let's look at Luke 21 today, 25 to 28. Luke chapter 21, 25 to 28. And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars. And on the earth, distress of nations, with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear, and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. Now, when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. This is purely an eschatological passage of scripture, and um, we won't say otherwise. But there are quite a few lessons waiting for us to learn from there, because all scriptures they are given by inspiration and they are breathed by God. 
And God has given us a spirit that we can understand a few things. When I was giving this passage yesterday, I struggled a lot. I said, Lord, it's not going to be. And I was pulling in different direction until he pulled me. And thank God for his insistence. I pray that insistence we pay out in our lives today in Jesus' name. So there are a few lessons that we can draw and inferences we can draw from this passage. We talk about eschatology means um, the end, last days. Um, I think it's from two Latin words, or Greek words now, eschatos and ology, or logy, whatever, um, meaning the end or the last, and then the study of the end things. So that was this passage in context, but what about some of the lessons we can learn? Number one, lesson I could see from that place is that troubles and problems of life make people to hide, lose confidence, and look down. Verse 26, there it says, and then people's hearts were failing them. And if you go to Revelation chapter 6, verse 16, it talks about during these end time days, in those days that are ahead, that people will be hiding under the rocks and even asking the rocks to fall upon them. So we need to know that troubles and problems of life can make people to actually hide, lose confidence, and look down. And so because of that, I will ask you, please, before you judge anyone for keeping to themselves, check if they are under severe pressures of life. Before you judge anyone, because it's natural for human beings. When we're under severe pressure, we try to hold back. We try to hide. We try to keep to ourselves. So before you say, well, what's wrong with him? What is wrong with her? May I ask as a house of God that we are here, please find out what pressure is he or she going through. That could have necessitated that. Because it's not every challenge or problem that one will share with others. That is the truth of life. Amen. Thank God that we need to learn to share things, but please give people their space if they are going through severe pressures of life and they really don't feel like talking at that time. Amen. Give them their space. Because the scriptures were replete with examples of people who in wisdom decided to hold on to themselves for a little while until God met them at the point of their need. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, beginning from around verse 8, Hannah was a good example. She was tormented day by day by the other wife, Penina. And the Bible says she went to the temple of God to pray. They went all together onto, um, onto Shiloh for the annual meeting. So let's read that. Then Hannah and husband said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Men never say that. Number eight. Never, never. So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness, that was Hannah, was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Verse 11, please. Then she made the vow and said, Oh Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no result shall come to his side. Verse 12, please, if we may. And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. And verse 13, now Anna spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. She knew Eli was there. She didn't bother to talk to Eli. Not necessarily because Eli was not in a good place, because the same Eli blessed her, as we read on in verse 14, please. 
So Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. And in verse 15, but Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord, I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicated drink, but I've poured out my soul before the Lord. Verse 16, please. Just keep going until I ask you to stop. Do not consider your maid servant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I have spoken until now. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition, which you have asked of him. This year of great peace, God, you will hear God say, Go in peace. That was all God had to say for a problem to be solved. What did God say? Through Eli, do what? And her problem was solved. Nine months later, she had a child. And I speak to somebody here today, go in peace in the name of Jesus. So troubles and problems are like I make people a person to hide. Maybe you are hiding yourself. Don't worry. God is aware. Amen. Also remember that problems from the enemy has only one purpose. That is all that troubles and problems of life. Problems from the enemy has only one purpose. And that is to break the heart of a person. And to weaken his or her hand. I please beg of you this year, whenever you feel down, remember we're going to the title of the message is look up, lift up your head. Look up, lift up your head. Anytime this year you feel down, you feel I can't do it, remember it is the enemy behind it. Amen. No other one. 100% of the time, not 99.9, 100% of the time, who is behind it? The devil is the enemy. Is the one that wants to keep your head down. Is the one that wants to weaken your heart. Even when you have repentance to make God quickly lift you up. Haven't you read the scripture anytime one stands before the Lord and the person is quaking and is afraid? God always says, fear not. If it's the devil that you are fearing behind, what does that world the devil say? Fear more. Say you have not started. God always lifts us from our place of despondency. God always lifts us up from the place of Lord, I can't do it. He said, okay, I've heard you. Get up, we have a journey to go. Get up, I will take you there. But Lord, I've, I've been stumbling all this while. Yesterday, I couldn't make it. Even the past few weeks, I've been struggling. The Lord said, I'm, I'm aware of that. That's why I came to die for you. Come on, let's go. That's God. But when it is the devil, he will tell you that, say, you've not. And anyone who plays such a role in your life is not your friend. Anyone who you are saying sorry to, I say, you, that sorry is too short. He said, sorry, in three seconds. Say you've not started. The one that you are bowed and genuflects onto them, they say it's not enough. They are not agents of God. True people, they will meet you halfway. Even the Bible talks about forgiveness and all, but above all, and also us being repentant, but above all, God does not keep down. Amen. God doesn't want you in hiding. God doesn't want us locked away. What he wants is for us to come out of the place of oppression and be released into the place that he has planned for us. Hallelujah. The plan of the devil is to weaken our hands. And that is the classical sign of depression. Haven't you noticed? Anyone that is going through a low mood, what is the first thing? Either they don't sleep well or they sleep, or, but above all, there's no energy to do anything. Yeah, just, just can't do it. And people around them, they sometimes blame them. They say, get up and do it. I will if I could. But there's something pressing on the inside. But by the mercy of the Lord, whatever is pressing anyone here today shall be lifted. Shall be lifted in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
And weakening of hands is very typical. Weakening of hands in relationship, weakening of hands in career, weakening of hands in education, weakening of hands in finance. People, the devil, once he strikes, he just wants the person to go down and die. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 9. That was what was being done unto the children of Israel when they were rebuilding the temple. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 9. For they were... For they all were trying to make us afraid, saying their hands will be in the work, and it will not be done. Now, therefore, O God, do what? Do what? Pray that every day, Lord, strengthen my hands. And the pressure is so much, and we don't feel like going ahead and say, Lord, strengthen my hands. It is the hand that is strengthened that can serve the Lord. It is the hand that is trending that can run miles for Jesus and preach the gospel and live right. As long as a person is down, the enemy strikes. Your hand shall be strengthened in the name of the Lord. Problems and challenges also, still under point number one, can get to a point in which it is very hard to see any good coming. And that's why sometimes people can make audible confession, but there is inside confusion. You've been there before. Audible possible confession. We all shout together. But inside I say, hmm, it can't be. Turn to John chapter 11 with me. And you see what the scripture is saying. But today, God is using that place. He said, when you hear or you see the sign of the Son of Man. Yes, at the end time, the Lord was saying, but even now, know that your deliverance comes. Don't look down anymore. John chapter 11, let's start reading from verse 20. And you see that it's very possible to say something in your mouth and mean something in your heart. Mean something different in your heart. Now Martha, that was the reason of Lazarus. You remember the story? All right. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. Is that okay? But Mary was sitting in the house. So who was the one full of faith here? Martha. Is that Okay. We think so. Verse 21. Now Martha said to Jesus on seeing me, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Lord, if this situation have not been with me until this age, there will have been hope. If I've not, you know, if, I've, if, you, if it's not that you didn't answer me five years ago, I wouldn't be in this situation now. If it had been that when I'm by the prime of my age, you have decided to answer me, I won't be struggling with this now. But even now, that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Verse 23. She was full of faith. Jesus said to her, your brother will what? The woman was saying, Lord Jesus, there's nothing you can ask God that God cannot do, isn't it? And Jesus confirmed to her and said, yes, your brother will rise again. But here, verse 24. The woman of faith, Martha said, I know that he will rise again <laughs> in the resurrection of the last day. I thought we were moving together, Martha and Jesus. I thought you believed Jesus was going to, no, 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 no. She had a different in her mind. <laughs> it was a close case for her. It was over. Every other thing is just the final day consolation. But Jesus said, no, it's not going to be final day consolation. It's now. It's now. It's not a matter of, oh, well, God, you know, after all, I served you, and you have to serve him. Oh, Lord, yes, you know, I've had, it's, it's been nice, no, it's been nice being saved, but this matter, Lord, let's just forget it. People do live with it anyway. People do go through life with it, but okay, when I see you eventually, we all go, no, Jesus says, now we answer. If you believe, if you don't think that this is just for somebody else, but it is for you, Amen. 
So that's point number one. Troubles and problems can make people to hide out. Number two, when God appears on the scene, problems bow. And this seems to be a very basic and obvious statement, but please don't receive it as obvious. The greatest problem is that we receive things that say, well, we know that. Well, you know it. But do we believe it? When God appears on the scene, problems do what? Because we know that God is everywhere, but God is not involved in a redemptive sense in every situation. And I can spend a lot of time on that. God is everywhere. God is everywhere. Ten people, they come forward for prayer ministry, and maybe one or two get healed. What happens to the others? Well, do we say God did not choose not to get involved? I don't want to go into the theological conundrum of that one, but the truth of the matter is that, that you can't deny that God gets involved in some cases. He doesn't get involved in some other cases. We don't know the full answer, but that is the truth of the matter. But I also know that people can insist that God gets involved in their own. They can. They can. They can say, Lord, we know you are sovereign, but as for me, I will be amongst those that you are going to get involved in. I won't give up. Even at the last, my breath, that is my decision. That is my purpose. I will not make an excuse. And if you don't after that, that's all done. But let it be known that I'm going to do all that any human being can do. I've never seen God fail. I've never. A woman came unto him and said, Jesus even called her a dog, essentially. He said, no, I'm not here for you. How many will you hear Jesus, Jesus, Jesus? Not just a man of God. Say that... We're not interested in your case. Your own case is not unto life. And the person said, please still help me. Many will walk away. You go and give God bad press. But because we don't see God, who do we give bad press? Pastors, men of God. Nobody has ever woke up to, to blame God. But people blame God every day. They blame God through other children of God. Through other you know, servants of God. But if one will insist, God will get involved. He will get involved. God loves to show his power. That's under the involvement of God. And the bigger the problem is in our eyes, the more eager God is to make his power known. Did you hear that? Did you hear me clearly? As when the problem is getting bigger and bigger, purpose in your heart, say, Lord, this is an opportunity for you to show yourself strong. But it's usually the contrary way we react, isn't it? We say this thing is too big, God, what is happening? But God, the, if the thing is just not getting better, it's getting bigger, and I said, Lord, I, and if we can psych ourselves, I, I don't like the word psych, if we can prepare our hearts, if we can live with such principles, we will see things happen. Amen. Make up your mind that the bigger the problem, the more it is that God will get involved because he wants to show his power. Exodus chapter 9, verse 16. Exodus chapter 9, verse 16. That was exactly what the scripture says there. How God proposed to use the life of Pharaoh to prove a point. God uses problem to prove a point. But indeed, for this purpose, I have raised you up, that I may show my power in you and that my name may be declared in all the earth. Maybe a sickness, maybe anything. It might be your lifestyle or the lifestyle of your fellow, a loved one. That is just not changing. That is just so bad and hard. And you keep wondering, Lord, this is not supposed to be. Trust in the Lord. You say, Lord, this, the lower he or she sings, the greater your glory. Just believe God. But many a time what we do is that we fret. Many a times what do we do? We start wondering. We start blaming. We start instead of just saying, Lord, this thing is bad, but let your glory come out of it. Amen. Let's now go very 
quickly, let me just take one more point on that point. Number two, God's involvement, when he gets what is both in the small things and the big things. What I mean by that is that when God gets involved, he doesn't get involved, you know, half-half. Uh, he goes in, he cares about the traffic to work. Uh, he cares about, was it, what, was it two weeks ago? I was talking to you about traffic on Wednesday. And, um, you know, and, and between then and now, God has just been nudging my heart that uh, what you eat, what you don't eat, what you wear, what you don't wear, God has interest in them. And there are many people, <laughs> how do I say this nicely? Please walk with God closely this year. Amen? Do what? Um, it, is, it, is, it, it, it makes a lot of difference. I've known people who have gone to interview before. What failed them was not the interview, but the color of their tie. When they had later on, it wasn't the tie was too showy. Somebody just on the panel did not like color purple. And that turned the person off. Sometimes when I go to preach, even in church, Maybe not all the time. God tells me, don't wear that. I don't know who will have come in and just have, just not hear anything. And sometimes what you think we turn people off might just be what we want them. I mean, if I come to church today, green and yellow. If the Lord asks me to wear green shirt and yellow trousers and put on it a purple jacket. Do you know it's very possible that there may be a soul in here that is waiting to be touched by those color combinations? You are the soul. <laughs> and that color combination might just set the person on, on just, and only God knows what he wants to do with such a life. And your encouragement for me to wear loud colors will not work. Solomon. <laughs> Except the Lord says so. Amen. Amen. Because God is involved in the smallest details of our life. Amen. Please believe it. Believe it with all your heart. And I've given you an extreme example in which one can actually run against the wall simply because of clothing. What about simply because the type of hairstyle you wear? Just, you say, why, why did she pack her hair that way? And that's the end of the relationship. But if you have been listening to God, we say, don't wear your hair that way that day. Say, don't pack it. Let it just drop. Walk closely with him. And you will see all the difference that that will make. And I know this might be a very strange field for many of us to walk in. But as soon as we begin to look into that, we begin to see changes in the name of Jesus. And does not follow class. The well-being of the fetus of a peasant is as important to him as the well-being of the fiancé of a prince. To you, who cares about the peasant? You think, no, 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 no. God cares about everything. In Psalm 115, verse 13, it says much so. Psalm 115, verse 13. He tells us how much he cares about the little details of the life. He blesses those who fear the Lord, both small and both small and great. And so we're talking here about the power of God 
especially when we are going through pressures of life. But where do we conclude the message? Finally, God's involvement is predicated on our willingness to look up to him. Everybody say, look up to him. Look up to who? Look up to who? I plead with you this year, please look up to God. He hears. Because in Luke chapter 21, verse 28, where we took it, he said, now when these things begin to happen, I don't know your own these things. I don't know those things that are, you know, falling one after another. And the Lord just brought out of it. I said, that's a pattern of which I walk. When things get back, look up because your salvation is near. That's what the Lord is saying. He said, Lord, it's a hard topic to preach. He said, preach it. Tell them. This is a standard of heaven. When th- for those that are is, when things are getting tougher, look up to God. Know that your light is about to break. The darkest hour of the night is the one closest unto the daybreak. So it is important for you to know that even though God's involvement is predicated on our willingness to look up, we need to be very aware as well that it's very hard to look up when you are pressed down. So your number one step, your first step and foremost step is to ask God to lift up your head. When things press people down, when people press you down, when circumstances press us down, and nations when they are pressed down, congregations when they are pressed down, the first thing is God lift up our heads. As I'm talking about it on a personal level, on a family level, we need to talk about it on a congregational or corporate level as well, or national level. It's only God that can lift the head up. Have you seen anyone running 100 meters looking down? How, where do, how do they run? They keep their heads up. Amen. Don't run the race of life looking down. Did anybody remember one man that, that took it to an extreme and he still got a record that is not broken? Does anybody remember him? He looked up so well. He kept his spine so straight. I love him. His coach said he would never win anything. He botched all the predictions. What's his name? Michael Johnson, you remember? Am I right? Yeah, Michael Johnson, the 400 meters and the 200 meters. He ran with his spine like that, looking up and going. If you don't remember anything about looking up to win in life, remember that man. To the extent that one of his records remains unbroken. Another prodigy in our generation was able to break one, which was the 200 one by Usain Bolt. You remember? The 400 might, well, can never say things won't be broken, but it's becoming... More, more, we can't even see anybody close to him on the horizon. And yeah, remember the picture of that man. To win, he kept his head straight and ran with a straight spine, almost unheard of. I picked my story from that one. And I picked my lesson from that one. That victory is certain if you can keep your head up. If you can keep your head up. Don't let the devil keep it down. Every effort in life will be made to keep our heads down. Refuse to keep your head down. I say refuse to keep your head down. Psalm 3 verse 3, what does it say? Psalm chapter 3 verse 3, what does it say? He said, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, and the one who lifts up my head. The Old King James Version calls it what? The lifter up of my head. For O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory. And the lifter up of my head. Oh, yes, that's what he is to us. That's who he is to us, our glory. And who? The lifter up of our head. In Mark chapter 8, verse 25, 
There was a man that had a report. And then Mark chapter 8, verse 25. After he had put his hand again upon his eyes and made him look up. Who made him look up? Jesus. He was restored. That was the man who was blind. And then after Jesus spat on his eyes and couldn't see, Jesus made him look up. He will make you look up as well. God's involvement is predicated on our willingness to look up. And that is why your primary daily battle is to keep strong internally. Strong enough to keep your head up. Amen. Mark chapter 5, 35 and 36. Mark chapter 5, 35 and 36. Strong enough to keep your head up. Mark 5, 35 and 36. While he was still speaking, that was Jesus going to the house. I think it was Jairus to go and heal the daughter. The news came and said, man, forget it. The child was sick when you left home. The child is now dead. What would have happened to the man? Being a man, he would have hung his head, isn't it? He would have just dropped his head. But Jesus said, um, verse 35, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid. Do what? In paraphrase, keep your head up. It's not over yet. By the mercy of the Lord in this nation, it's not over yet. It might look like revival will not come, it will come. Come to tell you today, the power of the Lord will break forth. It will break forth. And that will begin your own personal circumstance as well in the name of the Lord Jesus. Because God's involvement is predicated on our willingness to look up, whatever or whoever is pressing your head down is not a friend but an enemy. I've mentioned that to you. Anyone or whatever is pressing your head down is not a friend but what? Anyone who keeps telling you that you cannot do it is not your friend. Every project you've taken to him or her, ah, nobody can do it here. I had enough of that in my time. I had enough of that, you know, it's not possible to, to, to hold church around here. It's not possible for people to be saved. And I've seen people of all backgrounds and gender, of all sorts of where they came from or cultures, they've been saved by this same Jesus. Don't believe, don't believe the report. Believe the report of the Lord. It's not possible that within six years that your account will be restored. Don't believe that. It could be restored shorter than that. And restored in style. <laughs> restored in style. Don't believe that. No case is closed until God has closed it. And doesn't close cases easily like that. His purpose and his plan is to see that we come through in spite of all the oppositions ahead of us. I can't preach any other gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ is liberating. The gospel of Jesus Christ is to bring us to the place to serve him against every hole, to make our spine to be straight and strong and our shoulders squared. That's the gospel of Jesus. Don't give in to anyone who will tell you otherwise. Amen. And there are more than enough people around to tell you that Mark chapter 10 verse 47, Mark chapter 10 verse 47, we did that on Wednesday. If you were here, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, that was, who was that? Bartimaeus. He's no longer blind. I thought you were going to call him blind Bartimaeus. He began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, do what? And verse 48, what, does this, what did he do? Then many want him to be... Stop there. How can human beings be like that? I think somebody raised that point on Wednesday. I mean, how can humans be like that? They were not talking to you. They were talking to Jesus. 
Sometimes we are praying, you know, in a place that is allowed, like a church like this. We are allowed to pray aloud and pray as violently as we like. And somebody is taking offense at that. Was he calling on you? You say your own is too much. When we are praying, you leave the seat. You go to the aisle. You start marching up and down, raising your head and shouting. So what? Is he talking to you? If he's talking to you, tell them, I'm not going to answer. And you know, you are not going to answer means nothing. But then many want him to be, who is wanting you to be quiet? Better find that those that want you to be quiet. Some, they ask you to be quiet by the way they look. I've been somewhere to preach before. That's why I've started changing some of the sitting arrangement here. There, was, there were three people sitting in the front pew. If their eyes could pull me down, it would. I fought them, fought them, fought them in the spirit. I was praying under my breath. I was staring at them. Holy Spirit said, ignore them. And sincerely, the anointing was being affected. Oh, they were asking me to keep quiet. I was preaching on a very difficult topic. They, I had them. We were communicating the spirit. Telling me, keep quiet. The more they said keep quiet, the more angry I became. So people were saying, your reaction was not matching this room. <laughs> but they didn't know what was going on. Eventually, when I looked away, the medicine was delivered. By then, their eyes were bloodshot. But what did I do? Then they warned me to be quiet. But what did he do? He cried out, Anyone tell you to be quiet, cry out all the more. You don't want to hear that God is helping you. Cry out all the more. Of course, you know the end of the story? The man got his miracle. You will get yours as well. The Lord God will visit every one of us in Jesus' name. God's involvement is predicated on our willingness to look up to him. Therefore, follow strong people God has placed in your life. And that's a fairly, I struggle to put that in, but I have to. Follow strong people God has placed in your life. A pack of lions led by a sheep is not to be feared. You heard that saying before. A pack of lions led by a sheep is not to be feared. But a herd of sheep led by a lion must be feared indeed. And God has placed people around us. Might be in family setting, might be in church setting, might be in denominational setting, might be in the global church setting, might even be in the political setting who God has raised up. Let their confidence and their strength affect you for good. Don't reinvent the wheel. And God has released such people into my life. Some moments in my life in which I'm only be struggling about my confidence about a particular issue. It will lead me to listen to a message about somebody who is strong. Somebody who is marching on in that area. Sometimes we ask me to invite them to come. There was a time when we had just a patch in this church. Some of you we probably didn't know. And I was at a conference in London. I remember very clearly. I share with one of our sisters during the week. How God can move. If God is speaking, God will fulfill it. You know? Sometimes we get battle weary in this journey, you know that? So many battles we are fighting. I remember at that time, and I could sense discouragement in the house. Most people are discouraged. And I tried to rally the soldiers, but the soldiers were not being rallied. And so the next thing was that I was being affected myself. Because 
because even the leader was being weakened <laughs> because the sheep were just not strong. And it happens anywhere. Jesus Christ was facing that. I was crying to the twelve. He said, pray with me, guys. It's a difficult time for me. Thank God, angels came to minister to him. So when we were going through that part many years back, God sent angels to me. I was at a meeting. I was at a Bible college meeting in London. We were doing some strategic meeting for the Bible college, how it can go forward. And the Lord spoke clearly to me. He said, leave what you are doing. Invite these three guys to come and strengthen you people. I said, there's no way. And it was to happen within three days. And these are exceedingly busy people. At least one or two of them, there is serious itinerant ministry in which it's going to take weeks and months to be able to secure a time for them to come. I picked the first phone call and I said, I told them exactly, I said, God said, and I don't think that was robbed them in sincerely. If they have somewhere going, they say, we'll try another one. <laughs> All the three of them. I didn't even say God said, I just said, look, this is where we are, but I felt this is what we, we need. The three of them, they agreed and they came here. What am I talking about? In moments of weakness, look for people that are strong and follow them. Are you hearing me clearly? Don't stay in your bunker. Look up. They are there. They are all around you. And what is the converse of that? In moments of weakness, run away from... You may not want to say that. Because if you get the strength before them, you will go back and strengthen them. Though all of you don't form pity party. I'm going through it. You are going through it. Let's meet. No, 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 no. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. We, we can exchange notes. I lost the job and I don't even think I will get another one. Ah, me too. The way it is now, I think it's all over. I said, I spoke with the XYZ three days ago. He also said, things are bad. He's losing. And let all of us meet. No, all of us are not meeting. All of us are not meeting. All of us will be meeting somebody who is going to lift us up. Amen. Amen. And immediately you are strong. You'll be that to another person. Does that make sense? No, you are not discriminating. It's what the person has that they can give. And there are times we, we, and that is why even in families, a lesson to learn. And I've shared that with you before. And I, I do have wonderful support from my wife of many years. Sincerely, I do. But sometimes when things are so heavy on me, she's the only one that can make me laugh. I, don't, I won't unload on her. Oh, I've shot away my last source of laughter. So I just carry it. <laughs> I mean, I shared with you before, went on the trip one time somewhere in the Middle East, and somebody wrote a serious email to me. My, oh my. That will be the end of that trip. I read the email like this. Went to the, everything not true, but so, said in such a way which I begin to doubt myself. When people want to finish you, they will take a thing. Good devil is very clever. A good devil is the one, it doesn't tell straight lies. No. <laughs> it doesn't. It, doesn't it, will, it, will, it will make sure there will be something that has rings of truth in it. So that that one will be troubling you. How could it be me truly? But deep within, is something deep within your mind say it's not true? But that one keep lingering. Could it be me? Could I have been actually the source of this problem, this relationship? Anyway, the person played that card, played it very well. But because I learned this trick long ago, I just closed the email. And then we enjoy what we went there to do. Went to celebrate with somebody. We did everything. 
I was waiting for the plane to take off on our way back. And I made sure the plane took off very well. <laughs> well, quite some distance into the journey. And I brought out my tablet. I said, said what? Where did you receive this? Ah, not long we landed. <laughs> I, I don't show me now. Uh, no, no, you won't help. What hits me hits you. What drinks me drinks you. Let, let no, not, two of us should not be running on empty at the same time. These are basic life principles. It's not empathy that will make you to just say, children, you know what I'm going through all of you, you must have your head down. No, if you can keep your head down. <laughs> to her blessed memory, I don't know. Thank you, Lord. To her blessed memory, my mother did that. None of us will have, we had some serious family challenge. A godly woman. She said, children, go and live your life. She released us. Some mother will say, see me in this trouble. No, she said, no. Till tomorrow, she left, she left a legacy with me. Left a legacy with me. Oh, men can hold things. Well, that was a woman that held things. She kept it to herself for years and, and just, just carried on. She said, go and flourish. And flourish. Please, when you see people that are strong, may the Lord lead you to follow them. Now, 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 I've run out of my time, but the most important point of the day is what I want to mention. Can you imagine? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We said that God's environment is predicated on our willingness to look up to him. If for no other reason than to see God's face in a relational sense, it is worth all the effort to keep looking up. If for no other reason. I've talked about various life circumstances and situations, but above all, do not let the enemy keep your head down to such an extent that you won't enjoy the most precious part of God, the word, prayer relationship, hearing him talk to you, guiding you. The blessedness of worship as we had today. That's the most precious. Everything else, they are in the others category. Believe you me. Because everything will come and go. We feel them because they are more visible. But really, what has been keeping us going is the word that you receive. I was moving around today in all the various, you know, Bible, interactive Bible study that we have first in the morning. I call it other Sunday school, or we call it sort of the spirit. And I could see, you know, a little at a time, people were being fed. Laughter in the classes, interaction. If you've been missing that, it's worth attending. It might make the service look longer. But that's why we kept the 11 to 1 as 11 to 1. Because before one, we should finish today. So all we're asking you for is maximum of two and a half to three Two, three-quarter hours on a Sunday. Far, far less than the first tea break you will have. You know, I hope you are not having tea break now since we are fasting. And I, and I could see the word going, and that touched my heart. We came in here, we worship God. It is sweet. All this, the sweetness of the word of God in your ears, none of this you will miss in Jesus' name. Okay, let me conclude with these two Bible passages Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Please believe me, these are very pivotal. These are very central to all that we have taught today. 
and I pray the Lord will keep them in your heart. Shall we please read that together? One, two, go. But then, Amen. All these things. Please go with me to Jeremiah chapter 10, verses 23 and 24. That is self-explanatory. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23. Shall we read that together, please, if we may? Want to go? Yes. Mm-hmm. No, correct me, but... Now, listen, this is one of those cases in which two Bible verses, they are so similar, two Bible verses are so similar, but they are so mixed up. Please, it's chapter 9 and 8, 23. <laughs> 9, 23. It has to be. I always mix them up. Both of them are so, all right? Good, that's the one. One, two, go. Shall we read, please? Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches. Verse 24, but let him who glories glory in this. Number one. Number two. Exercising judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in this I delight Rise on your feet, and that will be your joy from now on. When you know God, the work of God will be done in your life. Uh, you, you, what you get dependent, is dependent so much on how much of God you know. Hallelujah. And we pray two short prayers, and then I believe that God, who has started doing mighty things in the house today, he will do for you as well in Jesus' name. First prayer, we pray, so I say, Father, by your help. I declare that my heart shall not fail. Details on your card are essential. Your signature needs to be uh, put in the right box as well. Amen. And obviously, your gift amount. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.